Welcome to another episode of the 2.1 cast. Today James and I are sitting in a coffee shop in Glasgow and I think today James we were going to talk about you know the disciplinary issues at disciplinary issues at Scottish FA, SPFL we're expecting some stuff to come through, new rules and disciplinary measures and stuff but that might not happen until next week so push that back and today we're going to talk about the Scotland national team. We are indeed. Because, you know, there's nothing quite as cathartic as moaning about a, a, a national team, is there? So... It's a national pastime. You know? It's a national pastime, you're right. I was actually talking <laughs> to someone actually earlier on and saying how the end of the Six Nations or Scotland's end of Six Nations, which will probably be conclusive, absolutely thumping off England this weekend, well, like just when we're finally getting over it, over that, we'll just be coming right into these qualifiers where we're all inevitably probably fuck it off, and then you know, it's just this never-ending cycle of the Scottish sports fan. <laughs> but alas, anyway, let's jump straight into it. So, Alex McLeish announced his squad for the coming qualifiers against San Marino and Kazakhstan. Um, I mean, I think we should probably just jump straight through it, isn't it, aren't we? Just go from head to toe, yeah, or vice versa rather, uh, and see what we think of it. I mean, I think maybe the biggest headlines have been Alan McGregor retiring from the national team, which has left us with uh, John McDonald, Scott Bain and Jordan Archer. At least that's McLeish's idea of it. Hmm. I mean, where do we start with McGregor? The timing's definitely odd, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't really know if I buy into the whole thing. It's like, oh, you know, he got in trouble off the SFA, therefore he's wanting to try and sort of hit back at them. I don't know if I buy that. <clears throat> but, I mean, it's really not helpful to announce your retirement the night before your squad's announced. Yeah, that was the weird thing about it, wasn't it? it, it McLeish in the, in the press conference basically said that not only did McGregor only tell him a few days before the announcement was made for the squad, but it actually came up by chance because McLeish was texting him about something else entirely. Was like he'd been he'd been handed a present to pass on to McGregor or something. He's like, "Oh, I've got this thing for you." And McGregor's like, "Oh, by the way, boss, uh, I don't want to play for you anymore." Which <laughs> just strikes me as the most bizarre thing in the world. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean that's obviously unusual. Um, McGregor, he's, he has a loss. I don't think there's any two ways about it. I mean. You think back to like you know that last minute of the Albania game in the Nations League, he scores that, he pulls off that amazing save late on, you know. So and obviously I think at Rangers this season he's been very good as well. So yeah, he's a big loss because he's probably is Scotland's best goalkeeper, I would say. But having said that, I'm fairly pleased with how Scott Bain's been getting on, and um, I think we were fairly well stocked in that department. Uh, Art, Jordan Archer, I must admit, I've not seen much of him. And the same for McLaughlin, actually, since he's left Hearts and went down to Sunderland. But, um, I mean, he was, a, he was an excellent goalie for Hearts. Oh. I'm sure he could do a job if need be. But, um, certainly, Scott Bain, I think he's been very good. You know, he's conceded, like, a handful of goals in about, must be about a dozen games or so now. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, I think he's a fairly solid goalkeeper. He's played before as well for the national team, so that's important. And, yeah, I think, you know, Okay, he's not as good as Alan McGregor, but he's not too far off, and I think I think he'll do a fine job for us. I don't see that being a particularly worrying area of the pitch. I think that's what we'll get on to. Mm-hmm. Like, there are other areas which we absolutely should be worried about, but goalkeeper, nah. Yeah, I mean, I think I probably agree with that, to be honest with you. I, I, I mean, I think 
this announcement was obviously met with the kind of inevitable, you know, rival fans cheering his demise sort of thing, because obviously that's just the way it is with Al McGregor. But I wasn't immediately struck with a great crap who's going to recover from it. Because I, I saw a few people saying, oh, I remember when Scotland used to have two or three solid goalkeepers in Gordon, McGregor and Marshall. Now what do we have? And Although I must admit, there's, the guys we've now got don't have anywhere near as many caps. In fact, they've only got three between the three of them, actually. But I'm not entirely phased by the idea of Scott Bain being the Scotland goalkeeper, which, you know, if you rewind 18 months, it's just bizarre. But to be fair to the guy, he has this kind of meteoric rise compared to it almost to, like... Uh, well, actually, this is maybe not the most appropriate comparison these days, but, like, like the first season of House of Cards or something where Frank Underwood is just kind of, like eliminating his opponents one by one and making his way up the ladder, you know. So you're saying you've Scott Bain forced Alan McGregor to retire. <laughs> well, <coughs> He's got some compromising material. Wasn't just that, Craig Gordon suddenly comes out, you know, he sees how loses his space and now the national team. Scott Bain started off as like a reserve goalkeeper at Celtic this season, now he's the Scotland and Celtic number one. And to be fair to him, he deserves it, you know, I think. Yep, um, definitely, yeah, yeah. I think both of us have actually done articles for respective employers on Scott Bain versus Craig Gordon at Celtic. Um, to me, the stats suggest you've got a goalkeeper there who's just as good at shot stopping as Gordon, um, but can also do a lot more in terms of moving the ball around. And for yeah. a team like Scotland, who are used up against it, that can be such a huge deal, you know. Definitely, yeah. Um, and you know, maybe this isn't, maybe it's not too appropriate to take this moment to kind of just kind of have a go at Gordon because he's now out scoring, doesn't have a chance to defend himself, maybe. But despite his obvious ability to really pull off amazing saves throughout his career I've never ever been entirely convinced by Gordon thinking he's finally gone over that hump of having that clangor out of his way um, and that's kind of that stuck with me for the national team and when McGregor came back in I was like right we've actually now got a far more solid goalkeeper I think because he doesn't really have that in him uh, although McGregor is quite problematic when it comes to trying to save crosses to be fair to him but yeah I mean I think Bain has proved himself as, if you can prove yourself instead to the goalkeeper I think you've probably done enough to earn a Scotland call up uh, and considering the people up against him, I think he deserves it. Um, yeah, so we just basically just a kind of begrudging shake of the shoulders and onwards yeah. and upwards with Scott Bain. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Fine, right. Okay, let's move on to defence then. So I don't think this is probably as troublesome maybe as other parts of the squad, which we'll go on to as you mentioned earlier on, but we've seen Liam Palmer come on, or come in rather, uh, John Suther's back in the squad, David Bates as well, who's having a good time at Hamburg. Um, I, I mean, I mean, I guess you know. Just, I was going to say we should be just talk. We might as well just name our back four here, shouldn't we? Rather than just saying who's best where. But I'm more and more optimistic and quite excited by the David idea of a David Bates Scott McKenna defensive partnership. Um, I thought Scott McKenna was outstanding in in those last two games against Rangers. Um, I wrote a piece for the BBC actually this week saying you know the reason that Aberdeen have managed to figure out. The reason Aberdeen have got a much better record against Rangers this season is because, um, you know, McInnes has finally got a defensive record. Or they've actually figured out his defensive line. I'm sure Devlin has something to do with that, of course, and guys like Max Lowe and stuff come into the team. But I feel like McKenna's just continued to push on. Um, I know a lot of football fans kind of laugh when you know prices get named for McKenna. He gets a lot of it's a lot of press over who's who's interested in it, and then I think that has a natural reaction where people then naturally criticise him almost or they belittle his, his, his ability 
Um, but I think he's continued to move to be an outstanding defender for Aberdeen, um, and I think Bates as well. You know, he seems to be doing absolutely fine at Hamburg, a team who are pushing for promotion to the Bundesliga. Um, he seems to have hit the ground running there, and I thought it was a good play before he moved to Germany. So against the likes of Charlie Mulgrew, um, your favourite player. Well, exactly. I, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. Maybe, obviously, John Suter's there. To, I think John Suter really should be pushing into that team, but I think those two are probably ahead of him right now. I don't know if you how you feel about that. Well, I mean, on, off the back of the last two Nations League games, I mean, Bates and McKenna were the centre-half partnership, and you have to say, for the most part, it worked, you know? Um, I think it'll be interesting to see just if we even go for a back four. I mean, yeah, we did that in our last two Nations League games. In the, in the first two, we went for a back three, hmm. which obviously gives you a chance to get Kieran Tierney in the squad because I think, as far as I'm aware, Tierney was out injured um, for the for the second two games, so maybe that's why McLeish was his hand was almost forced to an extent because mm-hmm. it's a weird question because if Tierney is in the squad, you sort of feel obligated to play him. Although right now Andy Robertson, is, you can't really ask him not to play left wing yeah. back team, so he's absolutely tearing up for Liverpool there. Yeah. So with, if it's a back four, I don't think there is actually a space for Tierney in that squad. Um, oh wow! Uh, not not in the starting lineup at least, because as you say, McKenna's doing really well. Who do you play right back? Patterson, I think. Callum Patterson. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Patterson, he's played the last few games mm. you know, for Scotland, and I think again he's done well. Uh, yeah, he's one of these players that can do. Like basically anywhere on the pitch, apparently, you know, like you know, I think we talked about this before, but like no one really knows what Callum Patterson is. He's just <laughs> a man that plays football. But um, no, yeah, like, I think it's better to have a specialist right back than a left back playing out of position. And similarly, I think that's the case at centre back as well. Mm. I think if, if it's if we go for a back three, having Tierney on the left as a left side centre back makes a lot of sense. Yeah. If it's a, if it's a straight back four, it's, I mean, I would. I mean, if you've got somebody like, you know, guys like John Suter and David Bates there, I, mean, I think McKenna's fairly named on at this point. So it's really between those three. And if you've got someone who's doing that week in, week out, playing as part of that back four in central defence, then mm. it's hard to argue that they shouldn't be there. I mean, I think Tierney's a wonderful player, but it just depends on the system. And if like, this is the problem that we're going to have for the next 10 years, then that, you know, we've got. Two, our two best players by a mile are playing an incredibly specialist position. Yep. So I think that I, I think we probably will end up going with a back three to be honest. Um, just again we'll, we'll touch on it later on, but looking looking further up the pitch, there's gaps in the squad, so I think that makes the most sense because I think defence is one of the areas of the pitch we're probably best stocked at the moment. But yeah, I think if, if it's back four, it's hard to see Tierney fit in at the moment, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's interesting you mention that because I've, we've talked obviously about the back five before and we've seen that work, well we've seen that tried and it hasn't really worked to be honest because my initial thoughts were when, you know, leading up to the Nations League campaign, my thoughts were back five, Tierney is one of the centre-backs and hey presto, you've got both playing in relatively decent positions but it just doesn't seem to work. Um, I thought McLeish was, he struggled to hide his fascination with the idea of playing Tierney at right back. He suggested that he did well there under Strachan. That might be debatable, but I, I'm, I'm, I know you'll get people saying, you know, he doesn't play as well at right back, but 
I have my issues with passing as a defender. I think he's far more forward playing than I thought in the Israel game at Hamden, I think it was. He did look, he, he left a lot of space behind him. He's not as good as tracking and defending as he is obviously just marauding forward. Yeah, um, and Tierney, you know, even though he's, he's, he's almost arguably a world-class player to an extent, or a continental level player going forward as a fullback, I actually think he's a very good defender as well. Oh, and, yeah. and I'd probably rather have Tierney as the good defender at right back rather than Patterson at this point. But so I think we both have the same, both have Robertson, McKenna, Bates, but I think I would go with Tierney in the back four there. Um, and I've got a feeling that's probably McLeish's inclination as well going forward. Maybe he goes my back five, but I'd be surprised if he, if he, if he really does push on in the back five. Yeah. I just didn't think it worked in the Nations League. But I mean, just, just to be clear, like I'd be, I'd be happy with Tierney at right back. But <laughs> like, I think he's great, and I think he's really good. Let me just write down. James <laughs> Kearney wants to drop. Um, well, I just have a slight reservation. So that's all. No, of course. And I mean, the, the interesting thing is that neither of us have mentioned the actual two out and out right backs who have been called up in Liam Palmer and Stephen O'Donnell. Um, in Palmer's case, there's a very good reason for that. Never seen him play. <laughs> Wasn't aware he existed until a week ago. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I mean, he did okay, but I think it was it the game against Albania. No, Israel it was where he just yeah. he, he looked short. Yeah. You know, um, I feel like he's actually been a wee bit. I think he's kind of diminished actually this season, to be honest with you. Yeah, he doesn't look as good as he was. Neither does Greg Taylor either. I mean, I don't know if there's something going to come on at this season, but the both fullbacks just don't seem to be pushing on as much as they did the mm. previous year. But um, okay, right. Well, I think we covered that. Quick word for Lee Lindsay, Cooper, and Berra not in the squad. Is that anything to worry about? Berra was a surprising one, I think, just given the amount of experience he's got at this level. You know, um, he's always performed pretty admirably. I think Liam Lindsay, I will keep banging this drum. Like, yeah, I want to see him in the Scotland squad, but you know, because he played for Partick Thistle. Because he played for Partick Thistle. Well, he got. A, I think he got man of the match actually in the midweek game there for Brighton. So he's obviously doing quite well. But I just think that there's. I mean, it's. I don't think any of them can ha be too displeased with not getting included because, as I say, I think actually the defence were fairly strong. There's a lot of young up and coming players, and it's hard to get into that team at the moment. Yeah. Not here with the pitch. How old is Lee Lindsay? Do you know? Twenty-two, maybe twenty-three. Right, because I was I was quite surprised to learn that Cooper's actually cracking on a bit. I think he's now about twenty-six or twenty-seven, which is obviously quite young for a defender. But he hasn't yet been capped for Scotland at uh, senior level. And you know, every time these every time these squads come out, people ask where's Cooper, where's Cooper. But I I do wonder if he's basically holding out to see if he can push on and maybe get a game for England because he's obviously he's born in England and stuff. But mm. um, but then again, I mean, for these three guys, I mean, Lindsay Less to extent, they're they're looking at the awkward position where they're trying to get into a squad where there are younger and potentially even already better players ahead of them, isn't it? So yeah. it's not as if they can develop and at a better pace than these guys so okay fair enough then um, right well I think midfield is probably the easiest part of the squad to pick from maybe although maybe you and I disagree on this um, I mean just looking at um, well I think there's one player we'll probably pick on specifically but on the whole how do you feel about the depth and things um, I mean there's a few shocks in there I think you know uh, Barry Bannon like I'm sure he's having a good season but I just you know I thought sort of his Scotland days were behind, and also the big ones, John Fleck, which I don't think anyone saw coming, you know. But um, I, I, mean, to be honest, I don't think either of them will start. I don't think either of them will, might not even feature at all. Mm. I mean, yeah, 
I think John Fl I think Sheffield United are doing quite well in the championship right now, that's mm -hmm. the thing. So But then he's got so much competition ahead of him because you've got yeah. guys like what you got Graham Shinney, John McGinn, Cal McGregor, Scott McTominay. Mm -hmm. Like these guys are all ahead of him in the pecking order and all play the same same position and as far as I'm aware, they're all better from what I've seen anyway. Yeah. So I don't think the uh, yeah, I say we a couple of weird names in there, but I don't think that they'll start. I think McGregor is nailed on to start. I think McGinn's just about nailed on to start, and at least one more. Which I would say it's probably Scott McTominay in the middle as well. I think just to get a bit of, Interesting. Okay. Hey, I would I would probably prefer to see Graham Shinney to be honest, but I, I think Armstrong? it should be McTominay. Armstrong. I don't think you need Armstrong and McGregor in the same team. I think they perform really similar roles and. I, so you got McGinnis doing that whole sort of box to box thing, like back and forward, back and forward. You need one defensive sort of central midfielder, one sort of attacking minded one. Defensive one, I think mean, you're sort of torn between Shinny and McTominay. Mm -hmm. I would like to see Shinny, I think it'll be McTominay. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's hard to argue against that again, you know, he's playing the Champions League, he's given a good account of himself. But then in terms of attacking, I would take McGregor over Armstrong at the moment for sure. Yeah. I'd just say, McGregor's, McGregor's having a great season. He's barely put a foot wrong, yeah. and you'd have to be a madman to leave him out at this point. I think it's interesting. I think it's actually a really good bill of health here, actually, in midfield, because you've got guys like McGregor, who's obviously proved himself, uh, Armstrong as well, to an extent. Everyone knows what you get with Armstrong. Uh, and then to an extent, Shinny. I don't think Shinny's going to start, but I think he's a really good player having the bench. You know, if we're like maybe. If we're, if we're trying to hold on to a lead or something, he's the guy who can just come on and just run and run and run and break up plays and stuff, yeah, you know, as yeah, he does for yeah. Aberdeen so well. And he's obviously got a decent attacking intent as well. Um, but what maybe intrigues me more is the fact that you've got guys like McTominay and McGinn who, I mean, sure, everyone in Scotland knows how good John McGinn is, but he's just absolutely flying right now for Aston Villa. And then you've got McTominay as well, who seems to finally be finding his feet for Manchester United. And, He's played huge, huge European games for my United, his manager's speaking out about him and I find it really interesting that maybe this is a wee bit controversial, but I didn't actually think we saw the best of McGinn for Scotland in the Nations League stuff. I don't think he's actually since he's came in, I don't think he's actually shown what he did at Hibs and probably what he's now doing at Aston Villa. I still think he has to he's one of a few players in the squad, the young players who've been called up who have yet to transform transfer what they're obviously very good at on a domestic level to the national team and McGinn and McTominay are exactly that if the two of them can do for Scotland what they would do for their like, domestic teams then you know we're on to two fantastic players in midfield alongside already a pretty decent roster of midfielders there I mean the thing about McTominay as well we always forget Man United player of the season uh, <laughs> <laughs> better than Pogba I mean I think that was more of a PR uh, <laughs> Press or PR move from Jose Mourinho, I guess. But I mean, he's there for a reason, though. No, yeah, no, I mean? he's there on merit. You know, um, um, and you know, particularly the game against Paris Saint-Germain, I thought he was excellent mm -hmm. um, for Manchester United. And while, yeah, as I said, I'd prefer Shinny, but if McTominay gets an odd, perfectly understandable. I do, I, I do, I can't help but notice the kind of parallels between McTominay and Fletcher here. Where Fletcher was obviously praised for Man United as being the guy who does the hard shift, great reader of the game, and. Although I think he did play an attacking role when he first came through at Man United on the right wing, maybe. Um, you know, Fletcher made his name at, at Man United for being this really understated, almost defensive player in midfield. But then he had an entire international career at Scotland where everyone was expecting him to be Raquel May or something, you know. And maybe, I mean, I, I know a lot of Scotland fans are adamant that he never really grabbed hold of games as maybe he did at Man United, but 
there's also the argument that we maybe just expected him to be a different player for Scotland as he was for United. I do wonder, I'm intrigued to see if that happens with McTominay, if he does continue to keep playing in this United squad where he's obviously, you know, the water carrier, he's the guy who, you know, he, he does the hard shift while the more technical, better players win the games. I just wonder if um, every time he plays for Scotland, people th immediately think he plays for Man United. Why isn't he winning those games? Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, I understand. But you, um, I see where you're coming from there. But fortunately, we do have players in the squad. You know, as we mentioned, I think the three are, for me are McGregor, McGinn, and Armstrong. Mm. Um, I really expect the three of them in whichever variation, because I think it will always be two of them, one of them on the bench, and yeah. they'll be intertwined. Those, those three guys are really, really important, I think, going forward, because they're going to be the engines of the Scotland team. They're going to be the guys that ultimately have some winning as games, especially when we now segue into the forward line, um, which I think is probably the most troublesome part of the squad, isn't it? Mm. I mean, obviously, we'll have James Forrest on the right. I think that's... Yeah, again, he's been absolutely brilliant. He's been brilliant for Scotland recently as well. Yeah, he'll be great, I'm sure. Has has he has he turned the corner for Scotland? Um, I would say so. Yeah, over the last, yeah, you know, I mean, I think particularly during the Nations League, there was that double header where he scored five goals or whatever it was. Like he really carried the team, and yeah, and no, I think to an extent, yeah, he has turned the corner. I think we can rely on him now as one of our big game players. I mean, Celtic certainly do in Europe, you know, and. I would argue it probably, you know, the Champions League or whatever is probably a higher standard than, you know, Kazakhstan away, you know. Um, but at the same time, so I think, yeah, Forrest is fine on the right. The left wing, we've got a wee bit of an issue in that Ryan Fraser, obviously, is a fantastic player and I'd like to see him start, but he won't start in Kazakhstan yep. because he's already said he won't, he's not allowed to play on a plastic pitch. Same so with Pats and Mustard as well. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Well, I'm after no, you might have to stick <laughs> yeah. to your in Kazakhstan then. <laughs> I'll make do, I'll soldier on. But um, so yeah, on the left we've got a bit of an issue. Like right now it looks as if it's probably gonna be Lewis Morgan, mm -hmm. I would imagine. Um I must admit I've not seen much of him since he went back on loan Sunderland. I wasn't hugely impressed with him at Celtic, despite thinking he was absolutely brilliant for St. Mirren last season. I seen him for the under twenty ones, so I thought he was brilliant then. Mm -hmm. And I think he's an excellent player. I think if Jack Ross has sort of got him going again, got him with the confidence up, then yeah, I think that that will hopefully do a job for us, but I don't see any alternative at the moment, which is a bit of a worry, apart from maybe Johnny Russell, but I don't think Johnny Russell's very good. I mean, <laughs> I mean in, in his last 10 games, he scored zero goals. Uh -huh. He got 10 goals his last season in 34 games, but most of them came at the start of the season, so like, he went in a huge uh, drought. I'm not convinced by him, and yeah, I'd rather not see him play. So I think it will be Lewis Morgan on the left, and up front, God help us. I have no idea because we've got Ollie Burke who he scored four goals for Celtic playing at centre forward. One is against Motherwell, one is against Hibs, two are against St Mirren. Yeah. Yep. And they're all at home as well, right? Mm -hmm. Celtic. Yeah. So like, I'm I'm not entirely convinced by him. And I say yeah, Johnny Russell's not an option. Mark McNulty, I think he's a decent player, but like, I don't think he's an international player. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, give him a run against San Marino, fine, you know, it doesn't matter if that game, but I just I've got a horrible feeling about Kazakhstan. Like I think that we're gonna struggle there. I mean, in the last World Cup qualifying campaign, um, Poland went there and drew two each. Romania went there and drew now now. Like, these are teams that are about our level or even in Poland's case better than us. Mm -hmm. They can't find a way past them. Mm -hmm. And I'm really worried that Kazakhstan just played defensively and stink the place out and we just cannot find a way through. I'd hope that guys, the guys in midfield would be able to hopefully chip in with a goal or two, but mm -hmm. 
I find it difficult to see how any of the striking options we've got in the squad will get us goals. I mean, I, I, I think that's a very well point, very well made actually. I, I, one thing that interests me is that I look at that kind of, you know, I look at the six or seven forwards that we brought into the squad and I do wonder if a lot of it's just basically, they are really just there to make up the space. I don't think, I don't think McLeish has any interest or any in, intention of playing McNulty or even Morgan to be honest with you um, and specifically in Kazakhstan I think we're probably going to see maybe you know one up front or a 3-5-2 with someone like James Flores probably playing off the lone striker um, so maybe the fears of who plays left wing blah 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 actually won't actually play out because we won't even be having a left winger it'll be Andy Russell mm. Andy Russell um, uh, Rus uh, Robertson sorry um, and then you know a midfield and then I guess someone up front which unfortunately I'm, I fear might end up being Burke simply because he runs and runs yeah I kind of share your concern about Burke I don't think despite the goal he has scored a decent amount of goals for Celtic and his movements better and you know he's, he is linking up well and I don't think there's any question that what he's done at Celtic is probably the best we've seen of him so far mm. I'm just not entirely sure that's good enough you know yeah I don't think it is I mean I think goals is going to be a really big problem. I mean, the, the entire squad have got twelve goals mm. between them at international level and in, in entirety. I mean, even in I was looking back at the Nations League, uh, Scotland's XG for the whole tournament was six point nine five. We scored ten goals, so like we're already sort of you know outperforming there, yeah. and that's when we had better better forwards in the team. I mean. I hope it's not Mike Burnie. I really hope it's not. Maybe I'm being harsh, but like, I think he's mints. Before I defend him, actually, no, I'll do it now, actually. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, I'll show you a point. I think McBurney has really hasn't done anything in a Scotland spot yet. I mean, he's, he's fair to the lie, he's probably tried his best, but it just hasn't seemed to work for him. Maybe that's because the system they play, you know, Scotland don't. They, they, they don't pose themselves on teams so that we can take advantage of a large number nine who's waiting for crosses and crosses into the box. We team to play on the break. We seem to try and, you know, just kind of bumble the ball into the back of the net at times. Particularly if the squad is made up of largely Celtic players who are used to playing with far more dynamic forwards, a guy like McBurney, who's maybe I'm being unfair to me, is almost more like an old traditional target man, isn't he? Yeah, from what I've seen, yeah. That's not exactly how. Celtic play so therefore that's not exactly how Scotland play to an extent mm. but however I, I still feel like this is an excellent opportunity to really try and figure out how Mick Barney fits into his team because he's obviously a very talented player he's obviously doing the down in England he's scoring goals for fun down there uh, at Swansea uh, no wherever he is sorry and I, I just feel like this is exactly why this is exactly how Alex McLeish earns his stripes he has to find a way to make sure McBurney links up with Forrest, he links up with Robertson or McGregor or Armstrong midfield. They have to basically, in training, figure out a way for them to get the better of them because if McBurney can click, that sort of finally solves a problem we've had for so long in terms of who plays up front. You know, mm. Stephen Fletcher, despite, in my opinion, coming nowhere near the promise he once showed as a young player at Hibs, has still held on to is Scotland's position because there's simply no one else to do that job. Joe was really annoying like in the last two Nations League games where he played well mm. and it was like, oh, cause, like I thought I thought we got past this, <laughs> you know, I thought we'd moved on but then he just comes dragging himself back in. Yeah. I mean yeah, you're right. He, he, he definitely well I mean to be fair Fletcher links up well but he just doesn't score enough goals I guess. Yeah. Um 
And also, to be fair to McLeish, and this is what I was kind of saying here, a lot of these players are in to make up numbers. He's missing two players. In, he said, uh, James McFadden pointed out uh, on sports scene that Fletcher wasn't in squad because he wasn't fit enough or mm. could just come back from injury. And obviously, Naismith, who's out for the rest of the season. And then obviously, the issues with Griffiths at Celtic. So that's probably our first, second, third choice strikers who are all out at the moment. Um, and what we have here are the backups. Um, you know, and I mean that's just the way international football is, the way the cookie crumbles, blah blah blah. But I really feel like this is an excellent opportunity to try and figure out who McBurney fits into this team. Especially if we are going to be playing qualifying game beans where we have ten men behind the ball and he's gonna to have to play a target man to pull in guys like uh, Forrest and things. Because when you look at our midfield and our wide players, you'd think it does kinda of suit a more counter attacking style and if McBurney can play that hold up play then as we saw with Fletcher to a certain degree, it can work very well. Just feel like now is the time to sit down for McLeish to really sit down and figure out how McBurney clicks because he hasn't done it yet. And I put him in a in the, in the same kind of grouping as I said men, uh, like mentioned earlier and McGinn and McTominay, maybe to an extent Bates and McKenna, where you've got these young players who are doing really well at club level but they haven't really clicked for Scotland yet. And for me, you know, who's trying to trying to be objective here and looking at the squad. And when you you know if you want to judge a manager based on what he has available and how he gets the most out of that, that's kind of where I think ultimately I'm going to have to judge McLeish over and above you know if he qualifies or not. But it's going to come down to where he gets the best out of these players who are performing at decent levels domestically. And if they continue to not perform in Scotland, the buck falls on McLeish. Yeah, I mean I think that's I think I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, I'm just I'm be worried that. Like we should be treating the Kazakhstan game as like an experimental game, though, know, because I think that's a that is a classic Scotland banana skin. Yeah. Like it's got. I don't know, I'm, I'm nervous already just thinking about it. It's still a week away. I just think that you know, if, see if we scrape a one 0 win there, I'll be delighted with yeah. that. And I know people will say, "Oh, it's Kazakhstan. We should be beating them." It's like, yeah, we should. But you know, traditionally, these are the sort of games that we don't win. So I think it's a really difficult opening game actually. And. I would, do, I would just, um, yeah, that's it. I'd be delighted with the three points. I don't care if it goes in off McBurney's arse. Like as long as, it, as long as we get a goal and we, we get through it, I'm happy. Um, the San Marino, feel free to experiment there. I mean, I don't know how much you can learn from a game like that, but mm-hmm. you know that. Well, that, that we want to make sure we win it. Oh yeah, well, well, San, if we don't beat San Marino, then like God help us. Like, well, you say that. <laughs> yeah, that's stuff. I mean, if you don't beat San Marino, you don't deserve to go to any tournament. Simple as that. Uh, I'm just trying to pull up Scotland uh, qualifying group actually. Uh, where is it? Uh, oh no, actually I'm I'm nowhere near it. Um, I mean, what I was basically going to say was where where do we then? How many points would you take from these two games? Uh, oh, six. Yeah. We, need, we need six points out. Yeah, we need we did win off Kazakhstan. We did win against San Marino. Like absolutely, because we've got Russia in our group, and like I think. As far as I remember, I'm pretty sure they're basically who we're competing against mm-hmm. in order to automatically qualify for the Euros. So I, I don't see Russia slipping up against Kazakhstan or San Marino. I think we absolutely need to, ma- we need to beat those teams below us and then we need to try and get something off of. Uh, you know, we get home and away against Russia, we need to get something off in Belgium. Just cross our fingers and hope, I think. <laughs> but uh, we just, you know, we need to do better than three points against Russia. We, um, everyone else would basically need to win, I would say, yeah. because I, I think 
Russia will do that because yeah. of the World Cup we saw like they are a really effective unit and they're also almost certainly doping so like, <laughs> I was going to say they're a very good unit in Russia um, <laughs> yeah. when they're controlling the tournament um, that's a quick side note on Russia I know, sorry, I know this is totally off topic but right. um, I remember looking into the stats from uh, Russia during their World Cup games like, on average they were running like as a collective like 10 kilometers more than like anyone else <laughs> in the, at the tournament so like, yeah it was happening but, yeah so that probably will happen again <laughs> Yeah, do you know what? I'm 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 not as concerned about Russia as I am about Cyprus, Kazakhstan, and San Marino. Because as a Scotland fan, those are the ones that we slip up in. As you said, we really need to make sure we basically pick up, uh, you know, twelve or rather uh, eighteen points against those teams. I suppose, if I'm not mistaken. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you can probably afford one draw, yeah. but doubt we can afford two. I feel as though like if we do build up the Russia game as a big game, Scotland does tend to perform better in these matches, especially at Hamden perhaps. Yeah, like we're not bad at punching up. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it's and, and like you said, anything, so anything but six points and it's, it's, it's red alert time. I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, if, if we don't win this game, we should be getting the sack, <laughs> but I think that... People will be saying that. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. Because I mean, I don't think anyone's convinced by McLeish yet, despite the Nations League stuff, but um, it would certainly be a really worrying start and you know, put us on the back foot immediately mm-hmm. um, which is obviously not good but I don't think if we don't if we don't get a win then we're not going to qualify but I think it's really really important that we do get a win just somehow and as I say on paper we should be fine against Kazakhstan we should be but you know like we've been here before mm. and I just I got a horrible nagging feeling at the back of my head to say it's going to happen again this nil-nil turgid game where just absolutely like bugger all happens you know yeah. I mean feel like they do have to maybe stick up for the Cleese to extend here and despite whatever we think of him and Marrow Mitchell left the first time his record at Scotland is actually still quite impressive he did turn around the, U- U- the Nations League yeah, thing yeah. and he did get a decent return in previous qualifying campaigns where we were up against tremendous amount of opponents you know who were obviously far better than us so I think he does have that as locker to figure out how we have to win certain games and things um, but I, I am just wary that when we look through the squad and as we have just done there are a lot of young players in the squad who like I said who are already doing it at club level but that still hasn't really entirely transferred over Scotland last team and I think over this qualifying campaign I really need to see these guys come into the squad and doing better yes I think that's very fair yeah well it sounds like we sorted it then <laughs> cool um, well hopefully we'll be back next week and we can then dig into what should be an interesting week of SPFL regulations and disciplinary nonsense. Everyone's favourite. It's putting me to sleep now just thinking about it. Or maybe we won't, obviously. Guys can reach out to us on Twitter and make suggestions, as we always ask. Um, a lot of people do, and they're good suggestions, but some things like this we just have to kind of cover. And then I'm sure we'll pick this back up either after or before or during the, the coming qualifying campaigns. But until now, uh, just say bye. Cheerio. Cheers.